Talk dirty to me. The quick and the dirty with Hillary and Sandra. You're kidding me. You're things that I have put in my mouth. Uh, oh my God, Hillary. <laughs> it's what everyone is talking about. Get jazzy on. I'm Hillary from London. I'm Sandra from Ottawa, and welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast. It's basically the stuff you talk about with your friends, except we record it, post it online, and you get to laugh at us. And we have some really great guests. This week, we're pretty excited about welcoming a friend of mine, actually. She is a dietary interventionist. What is that? I can't wait to hear all about it. But first, I want to hear about your week. What's your quick, Sandra? The quick is where we gloss over all the ways that we failed at life over a week. You know what? That is, it, it's not how it started when we initially talked about doing the quick, but isn't that where we are, though, in life? <laughs> it's just, that's what it's become, just the ways we <laughs> failed at life. I will say this on a very serious note. This weekend, parking was almost the end of my marriage. How is that possible? It's something simple that we do all the time. I can't handle it when people go out of their way to park in the furthest place possible from the actual door. Like, it's the kind of thing that puts me into a rage. And my husband knows this about me. He knows I'm all about getting the best parking spot. I'll circle. I'll circle for hours, Hillary, until I get the best spot because it's important to me to win in life. Well, because you're pretty and you wear irresponsible shoes (laughs) and... But I go down hard, girl. And when I go down, me don't come up. So, But honestly speaking, I just hate the idea. It's minus 30 degrees outside. And this one wants to park as far away as possible at the mall. And I get crazy and I get really bitchy, like super bitchy, super fast. I know it's hard to believe. So we're, we go to Lowe's yesterday. Okay, so first of all, you're in a store you don't care for. That's right. Already, I'm already like, we got to cut some keys. Like, that's fun. Uh, and I thought, we'll get, we'll get in, we'll get out. And there's a million parking spots in front. A million. But he goes as far as possible, like three full lanes further than he needs to go. And it's cold. The wind is brisk. And it's smacking me in the face. And the whole time, I'm like, you're such a jerk. Did you just do that on purpose? Did you? Did you? So we bickered the whole way into the store. When I was in the store, I became nicer. And then, of course, bickered all the way back to the car when we were done right right then we go to the grocery store and while i'm at the pharmacy he does one of those blood pressure things okay to check his blood pressure so he's (laughs) sitting down and he's like and i'm standing next to him i'm like what's your blood pressure what's going on there he's like 156 over (laughs) something and i'm like oh my god it comes back registered high like dangerously yeah that's that's not good is it because he was with you That's what he said. I'm like, oh, my God, your blood pressure is so high. And he said, it's only because every time I'm around you, this is what happens. And I'm like, that is unkind. That is seriously unkind. And I walk away. And then he he does it again, the blood pressure test. And he came back. He goes, just so you know, after you left, I did it again. And it registered normal. We've probably been walking around and then took it right as he sat down like a dummy. But every time he sees me, obviously, he gets like a pang of anxiety. (laughs) Well, I would. (laughs) <laughs> you know what's right you would so so did he park far away because he loves his car and he's afraid it's gonna get dinged he no no he parks far away because he just doesn't care about walking the extra distance so why do you care is it just because it was cold out or are you lazy or Both. yes to all of those things <laughs> 
And it's just not efficient. I like to be efficient in my life. And it's not efficient to park 50 spots away. So explain to me how efficient it is to drive around in circles waiting to find a parking spot. Isn't there a sense of satisfaction? I mean, that's what I'm going for. I'm going for those little wins in life. So I just want that feeling of satisfaction when you get like the best spot at Costco. You're like, yeah, who did that? This girl right here. This girl right here. So it's it's the little wins in life that clearly I don't have enough of, Hillary. Okay. And you're mad because you didn't win at this part of your marriage. I'm mad also because there were witnesses to what went down at the grocery store. After he came back and he said, oh, my blood pressure is normal. And I said, so you're saying, so like now we're, now we're in the chicken section and it's going down, Hillary. It's going down right in the chicken. Were you actually fighting or is this like play fighting fun? It was bordering on one or the other. I was, we were walking the line. I could see that had I just said one crappy thing, we would have been full on fighting. Had I been delightful, I could, I could have taken it wherever I wanted to go. We're still on the line so I said mm-hmm. to him at least I know how to kill you now and <laughs> so some ladies walking by and I no word of a lie two minutes later she comes up to me and she said you know there were too many witnesses when you said that just so you know <laughs> she kept walking I'm like you're right I'll remember that for next time I try to kill him oh my god tapping the nose <laughs> and then I walked away thinking oh my god is she a black widow spider has she killed people before she just seemed to know about the the, the parameters of the law a little too well. and then, then I'm thinking I, I just threatened to kill him in public it's true so new- You are a ridiculous woman, and it's one of the reasons I love you so much. I'm going to remember this little piece of information the next time I'm in a car with you, and I'm going to park really far away. <laughs> Hillary, I'm telling you, if there could be an eject button, there would be in my car, and I would just get rid of all those idiots in my life who didn't know how to park a car. I would totally do that. And don't play with... Didn't know how to park a car. Uh. <laughs> Stop. Anyway, he's, I'm just saying he's a lucky man. He's lucky to be married to me. But if I wanted to kill him, I could. That's just what I'm saying. Oh, you're so Yes. Funny. Oh, yeah. What's your quick this week? Did you kill anybody? Almost. I want to talk about how when you're emotional and you're upset about something, do you ever find you completely forget what you're upset about or why? Because you, the, the emotion just overtakes you. So my boyfriend, he went away on vacation without me last week, and it was a point of contention in our relationship for a plethora of reasons that I will not get into, because it it took me three weeks to figure out what they were. But... (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Where's this going, Hillary? Well, at first, I was just mad because I couldn't go. And then I realized I was mad because we weren't going on vacation together. And then it turned in like your brain just starts mulling things and being left alone for a week. I had turned this argument into this thing with myself. It it was about our future together. It became this huge disaster, at which point I forgot why I was angry. (laughs) So you got triggered by the fact that he went on vacation. Oh, yeah. But I knew I was mad. But have you ever been so mad or upset or hurt that you couldn't really figure out what was causing it? Yeah. Almost every day, Hillary. (laughs) Welcome to relationships. That's exactly what it is. If you don't address what's going on in your relationship, you know, as you develop problems, then it just piles up and then you don't even know where to start. The next thing you know, you're upset about parking spaces. (laughs) And then the parking was really about how he didn't support you. That's right. Or why didn't you touch me last week when you know I wanted to have sex? Then it becomes that. 
it just it it just it builds it and builds spirals. and builds. Yeah, it does. So he goes away on uh, a big Caribbean trip without you, and that just triggered you. Oh my gosh. I should never be left alone to my own devices for an entire week. So in your head, what was going on? Uh, I don't know. It was just, I I had terrible anxiety all week. I wasn't sleeping, which doesn't make anything make any more sense. (laughs) But what did you think was going on? Did you think he was going to the Caribbean to cheat on you? Is that what you thought? Oh God, no. No. Then what's the problem? No. it, It wasn't even about... It wasn't even about that. It was about that he chose to go instead of spending time with me. Okay, so you're saying that instead of he had the option <laughs> I don't of, want to get into the details, okay? okay. Well, it's not even about that. Okay, okay. So what was the fight about? Really, what? Deep, dig deep now. What was it about? I don't even want to share that part. That is personal. Okay, then what did you bring it up for? <laughs> I wanted to talk about being emotional to the point where you can't even figure out what you're emotional about. <laughs> like you are right now, you mean? Yes. <laughs> like when you become irrational and you're not really sure how it all started. Exactly. So were you uh, seriously that irrational? Oh my gosh, so irrational. But it came from a good place. There was a reason behind it and I finally figured it out once I came down enough. Okay. And how did you come to the realization? What happened that you got there? I spent an entire week. Why are you upset? This is ridiculous. That was what I was telling myself. So your inner voice was explaining to your crazy voice. What was what? Yeah. If you had to name your crazy alter ego, because we all have one. What is yours named? Because I kind of feel like Sasha Fierce. (laughs) That that's Beyonce's. Is it? Oh, that's right. It is. And then Mariah Carey has one, too. I forget what her name is. What is your crazy alter ego? I just feel like it's Sandra. (laughs) I have like one speed and it's always crazy, Hillary. (laughs) I feel like it should be named like Bianca, like far more high maintenance. (laughs) I love that. With like a little more flair and hair tossing. Bianca feels like she would be a problem. (laughs) Like she would be like you want to be your friend only because you'd be too afraid to cross her. Right. And when you are really like, I don't even care, screw you kind of Sandra, you always pretend to smoke, which you don't actually smoke. No, I don't. And I, I feel have... like Bianca would smoke those long French cigarettes. I know. Pretend smoking is the ultimate F you, isn't it? I am so mad at you. I'm going to pretend smoke and blow pretend smoke in your face. That's right. That's how mad I am. What about you? What's your alter ego's name? Uh, uh, Vanessa. It's just like, uh, oh, Vanessa. Vanessa. Vanessa and Bianca could go on a tear together. they tear up the town, baby. they tear up about 30 men. Uh, oh, my God. So what is the moral of the story? Because I feel like at the very least, we should have a teaching moment here. What did you learn about yourself? Uh, where, where did you end up? Uh, I, I learned that when you're angry about something and you're emotional in your relationship, which is bound to happen, you need to take a, a, a couple steps. And by a couple, I mean about 12 back and <laughs> sort of decode what it's really about, because it's probably not about the actual situation at hand. It's usually about you, not them. Is that right? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. And did, absolutely. But were all the issues resolved in the end? You talked it out. Everybody's good. Well, we talked it out. The unfortunate part about my relationship is I'm dating a social worker, so I don't know that anything is actually going to change, but I feel really good about it. (laughs) 
It's like when you go in to meet with your boss, you get in a lot of trouble, but the last thing he says is something good and you walk yeah. away feeling like it was a positive talk. Yeah, I feel great and uh, yeah. I, I feel confident. I don't know that anything's going to be different, but you know what? As long as I feel good, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it too. I yeah. absolutely am. Okay, put Vanessa away for a little while, okay? And I'll put Bianca away. How long? I really like her. <laughs> Just until the next guest comes in and she thinks we're normal, okay? All right. Well, this is a special guest for you, Sandra, correct? Yes. I actually used to work with this fabulous lady a long time ago, way back in the day in Ottawa. And she has since moved to London, where she is a dietary interventionist. Please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast, Coach Papaya. Woo! And I'm lucky enough to have her in my studio because she's out of London. Welcome. Well, hey there, ladies. And if anybody wants to know, my alter ego is ginger. Ginger? Oh, why is that? <laughs> Tell me why. What, ha- what does ginger do? Well, ginger, it's, uh, it's a great antimicrobial and it helps with inflammation. <laughs> right? So uh, how does that digestive transfer to like your alter ego? <laughs> oh, I guess maybe I just don't have one. I should just change my name to that on the regular. All right. So uh, Coach Papaya, Maya Papaya, you are a dietary interventionist. What exactly is that? Oh, wait, before we even get to that, where did you know Sandra from again? I want to know this story because there's got to be one here. You know what? This is only an hour long show and I don't really think we have the time to get into that today. But, you know, we could save that for another time. Right. It's better that you don't know. Let's right? just Exactly. What Scary. happens in Ottawa stays in Ottawa. You say All right. It. So what's a dietary interventionist? Uh, basically somebody that changes your life utilizing food as medicine. So when you are, are sick, chronically ill and you know, Western medicine hasn't been able to come through for you, or you just want to choose a different route. I utilize food as medicine. I change your life around. I cure you. (laughs) That's a, that sounds like a very tall order. Honestly, I mean, I understand that everything you, you put in your body fuels your, your system and all of that stuff, but cures you. Yeah, well, you know what? I So I say that with the, the devilish laugh because ultimately where I could potentially put your body to is better than what your body would be when you initially come to me. And the secret of being the interventionist is just teaching you a different way of mm-hmm. eating, something that most people in, in North America really don't understand fully, maybe because they haven't been exposed to that type of food. They weren't raised on, on healthy food, not educated on it. And because of that, it's, it's the lack of knowledge and the ignorance that could cause you to put things in your body that ultimately are hurting your body. So I just basically step in and I provide the educational piece. Right. So you're not saying you can cure all diseases. No, no, you're no. Just, that was, no, that was just, You're just no, no, saying no, no. you can make someone feel better than Absolutely. they do now if they are dealing with a certain disease. Thousand percent. Yes. Yes. Can, I am not God. Can we talk not. about, I, I, I mean, I have a million questions about dieting and food and where we're at right now in the world in terms of food knowledge, because for my age, I feel like I should know more about food and the relationship I have with it. And it's not very good. Uh, but can we just start? <laughs> because when I knew you, I, I thought that you were a dietitian. I, I had seen your social media feed and I knew that you were a healthy eater. But OK, tell me how it began. When did you start? Because Becoming such a healthy eater. 
Oh, um, well, I was raised, first of all, in a very healthy lifestyle, but uh, a little over a decade ago, I was in a, an accident, a car accident, and it flipped my life upside down. Um, I was on prescribed fentanyl, which is that scary, scary patch. That, that is, we've all heard about and we're all warned against. And So the doctor had put me on 75 micromilligrams for the pain. And what nobody realized at the time is that I was had become addicted to, Dependent, this, yeah. to this opiate, to this narcotic. And I became very depressed. And so then I was prescribed antidepressants and then I couldn't sleep. So then I was prescribed sleep medication. And basically my entire day was a buffet of medication. I withered away to uh, 81 pounds <gasps> and um, my, my family thought I was on death's doorstep. So what turned it around for you? Um, it was an intervention that my mom had with me. And she provided me some tools and some resources along with herself and her knowledge and her support and said, here you go. And now the rest is up to you. It's not about the fall that matters. It's how you pick yourself up and soldier forward. And I did. And it was a very slow build. It was a very steady process, but it was about that determination to want to become the best version of myself. Because at that point beforehand, I felt as though I was at my very lowest. I was the very worst that I could possibly have been at that time in that circumstance under all those medications and so many other things just crumbling in my personal life because of this. I was at the ultimate low and I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to be at the ultimate high. So I started a journey of changing everything that I did. Whatever I knew life to be, I wanted to change it. And I made a 180. And Yes. I uh, know. I'm so sorry. I mean, I interrupted you. Um, Coach Papaya, how long did it take you to get off the fentanyl and all the other drugs? I mean, that uh, must the, have been a long process. Uh, so it wasn't as long as I had made it. The doctor had said about six months I would need for a weaning process off of something mm. like that. And I didn't believe him. I was like, Are you, no, I'm, I need to do this now. I don't have another six months. Like right. I'm on death's doorstep. So um, he told me, you can't just rip the patch off. Well, I ripped the patch off. I don't listen, <laughs> I guess, very well. And I ended up in the hospital. All of my systems, all of my organs began crashing. So they said, you can't do that. Oh, it was, it was, yeah, pretty brutal. And so then I thought, okay, well, there's got to be something else that I can do. And what I started to do was cut that patch into really small pieces. And I would put the small pieces on various places of my body. And little by little, day by day, I would peel off a little patch here and then go another couple of days, then peel off another little patch. And I, I basically weaned myself off in a matter of three weeks. Now, in that three weeks when I weaned myself off, I went through a 13-day withdrawal. I did not sleep for one day. It felt like I had bugs crawling under Ugh. my skin. It was the worst feeling I would never in a million years ever like when I hear about fentanyl today it honestly it makes me so ill because I know what it can do to a person and their body and it's so hard to come back from 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 that like to bounce back it surprises me they even prescribe it because they're basically giving you a life sentence that you're going to need it for life absolutely absolutely and if not that something else there's always something that they can write you prescription-wise that they hand to you and you take because you have nobody else to trust. Nobody else in your corner. Just that doctor. 
So you vowed, you vowed that you were going to turn your life around and you did. I'm still shocked that it was three weeks. Maya, that's crazy. And today I am in anyone's corner that would ever come to me for help needing their life turned around. And I think that's why I'm at where I'm at today is because I want to help because there's nobody other than my mom. There was nobody for me in my corner. So I want to be in somebody else's corner. And in fact, you know what? The people that I help with dietary interventions, they feel like I am part of their family. I cook for them. I do their shopping. I teach them. I educate them. You know, my, my current client that I have right now, he was diagnosed with Crohn's disease eight years ago on Remicaid, which is an infusion pharmaceutical. It cost over $5,000 for an infusion every time and you have to go like six or seven weeks i've helped him change his dietary lifestyle where his crohn's is now in remission and he's working to get himself off the pharmaceuticals that's pretty cool if you can do it and it's your body's responding to it absolutely absolutely and you know what it really all i can give are the tools and the knowledge and the education it's up to you to be able to apply it to your life but at least i'm in the, the corner cheering you on so when you're looking at helping somebody, you've got uh, the knowledge that you have from your own life and you're looking at different diseases and how to, to do a diet. How do you learn about what different diseases need? Yeah, years and years and years of reading, going to the public library and opening up a book and educating yourself. And when somebody comes to you and they ask you a question about something and you don't know the answer, it inspires me to personally go and learn everything I can possibly learn to know about that particular, whether it's a disease, whether it's an herb, whether it's an idiosyncrasy, whether it's a chemical reaction within the body, anything. It's just that that quest for, for knowledge and learning and always wanting to know as much as I possibly can in order to help people. And how do you sift through it? Because I know, so I have an autoimmune disorder. I have rheumatoid arthritis and I've done a ton of reading about how diet can change that. And some people are like, oh, no nightshades, no tomatoes, no this. And then some people are like, that's garbage. None of this, none of this. How do you sift through it? Well, you're right. It's very difficult because there's a lot of conflicting information, especially when your source is the internet. Um, So that's a tough one. You're right. What I can tell you is that in my experience dealing with people who have inflammation is to start off by getting their gut healthy and then to be able to introduce foods into your diet that, that are anti-inflammatory and to extract foods from your diet that bring on inflammation. And, and that's like, that's the baby step. You just start there. Get yourself a clean gut, take some food out of your diet, add a few little pieces into your diet and see how you feel. Because everyone is so different, right? So it's really back to the basics. Try these couple little things and do it 100% wholeheartedly. Like really put everything into it to make sure that you don't eat refined sugar or drink alcohol. Ew. Or, right? <laughs> and this is, Sorry, do you understand, like, do you understand why it's considered an intervention? Because I, I'm going to tell you that your, your possibility of having an imbalanced gut is probably spot on. And everything starts in your gut. So if you can get your microbiome healthy, then you're going to notice your body is going to naturally start to work a little bit better. Then we look at the foods in your diet that are causing inflammation. 
And then we look at the foods that you're not eating that are anti-inflammatory. And then we, we implement that into your life. And so if I'm telling you, like, sorry, you can't have refined sugar anymore. You can't drink alcohol anymore. That's fine. I can, I can lead a horse to the pond, but I can't make him drink, right? So it's up to you now to cut the sugar and the alcohol out right. of your diet. And, and that depends on whether that's the life you want to lead. Exactly. Exactly. Maya, and you know what? But Maya, can you, like, cut out alcohol completely? What about special occasions? <laughs> you, you know... It's, it's everybody has their own free will to make their own choices and decisions, honestly. All I can do is, is sort of share my story, how the drastic choices and decisions that I made in my life led me to where I am today, of almost bodybuilding stature. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, if you looked at me and saw me when, when my parents thought I was on death's door and I was, I was a, a pipe cleaner at 80 pounds... And now you see me now like like shredded and and it's how I eat. It's it's my the balance of my mood. It's the levels of serotonin. It's the levels of dopamine. It's my digestive system just like so Mm -hmm. on point. I wake up in the morning. I spring out of bed with a smile on my face, a spring in my step and everything about my day. it, It like the the sky is brighter and the music is more beautiful and and everybody is laughing and smiling around me and when you think of that quality of life where every day is a win because you wake up with a beat in your heart and breath in your lungs and you can look in the mirror and feel good about yourself where you were and where you are now and know the struggle that it took you to get there and and want to like be an inspiration to other people that if they really feel as though their quality of life is subpar and they want to change and they're really serious about changing their life they will and and I can lend some advice, you know, and now I'm going to play devil's advocate here. You admitted that you had a a problem with addiction Mm -hmm. with the fentanyl. Yeah. Would you how would you respond if a, a critic suggested that you had now become addicted to a new lifestyle and addicted to being so gung-ho like you just have one of those personalities where you hold on to something I am 1000% I will admit I am addicted to this lifestyle I am living and I am addicted to eating healthy food and I am addicted to basically not ostracizing myself from from social um, you know behaviors and whatnot but you know I, I can't really eat at restaurants because I'm very picky about what I eat but I still go and I still laugh with my friends and, and I still do all of the things that I love to do. I just govern what I'm putting into my body. And no, I don't drink alcohol. I have been uh, sober since November 21st, 2016. And let me tell you, we might not have enough time for that story, but quitting drinking was probably the next hardest thing I had ever done in my life next to that getting off of the fentanyl addiction. Well, it's so so much part of our social environment. It is. It a thousand percent is. And, and that's why I understand how there's always like two sides to like the devil's advocate, you know, and, and I totally get that. Um, but at the end of the day, quality of life. It, and yeah. Maya, do you do you think that you're I mean, obviously, you don't feel like you're missing out on anything. You were talking about your quality of life and how great it is right now. But my my question is this. What about, you know, you say you go to restaurants and you may not eat anything or you'll probably just order what water when you go. 
Salad. Salad works. Okay, salad just no water, dressing. Yeah, things yeah. like that. What about at Christmas time and special occasions and things like that? Are you absolutely positively never putting anything that's, um, I don't know, a dirty food in your mouth? Is that never going to happen? I mean, will you make exceptions? I'm just, um, I'm just yeah. wondering because I'm like the queen of making exceptions. I'm all about <laughs> <Well>. exceptions. <laughs> You're just the queen, honey. Thank you. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, at, at Christmas time, I had I had two shrimp. Uh, my parents had a really nice spread for Christmas, and I had two shrimp. And that would be considered dirty food in your world because it's, it's animal product. It's not that it's dirty. It's just you know what, shrimp can come from China, and and the, the anything that comes from China, food wise, you have to be very careful because of all of the chemicals that are tested and actually found. Like there's research, mm-hmm. there's studies showing this. So it's not like I'm They're bottom just, feeders too. So that's where all the garbage is. You know, so it's not like I'm just kind of making this stuff up. You just have to be very cognizantly aware of where your where your food is coming from as well. And anyway, so my parents, they had some some shrimp not from China. So I decided, yeah, you know what? Because I understand the source, I'm gonna I'm gonna have some. And and so yeah, if it's from a great source and it's trusted and I know it, a thousand percent. But I like to make a lot of my own stuff. So when I go places, like potluck style, I bring my own offerings. And, and, I, and I usually come with a nice big spread, you know, like a dessert without the sugar and a nice mane or, you know, bread with no gluten made with almond flour and crushed nuts, that kind of stuff. So different but healthy. It gives me an option to eat. And it also gives my family and friends the opportunity to try something new, which is a lot of fun, too. Absolutely. So, Maya brought me a special little drink here that I've been terrified to open. (laughs) It's healthy hooch. It's in a mason jar. Yeah, I I appreciate the mason jar because I'm a total hipster. Uh, It's, it's, Sandra, I'm not going to lie, it kind of looks like... Somebody had a run, the runs oh in a God. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? Come I'm not going to lie. And now that you're mentioning it, <laughs> it on. kind of does. So here's here's what I have done for you. So that is a fresh brew this morning of uh, cola nut guarana seed. Did you say colon nut? Cola. <laughs> K-O-L-A-N-U-T. Okay. So uh, col- what is cola nut? It's, it's an African um, extract. It's an herb, a root, spice, blossom, same with the guarana, a seed. And it's for energy and endurance. Mm-hmm. It has caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, from the guarana? From the guarana and from the... Look, co- I know things. Right? <laughs> exactly. Such a hipster. There's, there's also, there is also um, organic cinnamon in there, mm-hmm. Ceylon cinnamon, and that's really good for inflammation. And you said ginger as well? No, that's my, that's my um, name. Okay. <laughs> No ginger in here. No ginger in there. Um, And then just a a dab of maple syrup. And there's also matcha in there. Matcha. Matcha. So that's Um, green tea. Yes. So this is um, basically, it gets you going in the morning. It doesn't smell terrible. It looks like the runs, but it does not smell like them. <laughs> Put it in your mouth, Hillary. <laughs> you're not there. the first person to say that to me. Astrovia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm terrified. Are you ready for this? Do it. I better step away from the equipment. Hold on. <laughs> no, it's it's actually quite nice. There's a the cinnamon and maple. It's, you know what? Gives me like a chai tea vibe. Yeah, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. You'll get a little bit of pasties from the cinnamon. Yep, yeah, because cinnamon's oil soluble. <laughs> Trying to See? remember things. Hashtag thing. science. Mm-hmm. So you like no, it? It's not terrible. No, it's good. <laughs> it's not ter- okay. So it is good. Yeah, it's not bad. Yes. Okay, so, all right. 
So ultimately, you know, something like this, if you're taking guarana and, and putting it beside coffee, um, you know, guarana boosts endurance, provides stamina. It's very slow acting and gentle in the body, very long lasting. You get no headaches from it and it boosts energy. And then and if you, you don't get the drag after. Well, right? this is and then with coffee, it's it's water weight gain. It's very quick acting. It's very short lasting, harsh on your body. It causes or can cause exhaustion and it increases headaches. So this is my substitute for the morning coffee. I like it, actually, very much. Very hipsterish. My, it is. My, I think about all of the dietitians of the world and all the diet plans, the South Beach, the Weight Watchers, and all the other diets in between. And then I look at the statistic that say over half of the population is still considered to be obese. I know this is a big question, but seriously, what are we doing wrong? Um, wow. That is, that is a loaded gun question. Well, my, I think I, I mean, can probably I, answer it. I, okay. using food is pleasure, not fuel. I don't necessarily think that we are doing anything wrong. I believe there has been a definite lack of education. I think somewhere along the, um, the federal channels through government, there has been maybe some misinformation communicated. I think perhaps maybe we were led to believe certain things that possibly could have existed back in the 40s and the 50s that maybe necessarily don't exist today. And and I don't necessarily think that there is enough education of the masses to give everybody the full broad spectrum of everything that's possibly out there for you food wise and if anything what I'm starting to see now in health food stores and it breaks my heart it's like the pharmaceutical companies are coming in and they are putting supplements on the shelves but they're synthetic versions because somehow the government is coming in and also putting restrictions on the standardized extracts that herbs can carry in order for them to be able to be sold in stores so it's like they're minimizing the potency of all of this natural stuff and i'm scratching my head going why well i understand the need to regulate it because then anyone could come in and say "Ooh, this does this but they're regulating it and it's not giving a potency that's of any effectiveness because they're regulating it to be so downgraded that it's just not effective for the body. And it, that, for me, that's a head scratcher. I will be forever researching that and trying to learn as much as I possibly can about that because it's a head scratcher for me. I can't wrap my head around it. How it, much time in a week do you spend making food and sourcing food? Oh, for yourself, not for clients. It's it's kind of like it's my life. That's all I do. So it's I wake up and and I read. I go to the library. Um, I take out books. I learn about things. I go to the grocery store or the market and I see something that I don't know very much about and I want to know more about it. So then I'll get books on it and I'll read. So how is the average person supposed to keep up with that if it's not their job. They can follow me on Instagram. I give all of <laughs> those healthy plug. tips at Coach Papaya. Maya. Yo. <laughs> um, I used to watch Dr. Oz when he first came out. And I stopped watching Dr. Oz because every single week he would come out with the new uh, or the latest trend in uh, dieting. And this week it was that herb. And this week it was that herb. And then it was that herb. And I thought to myself, 
how is it that every single week there's a new thing? I mean, there's certainly, what are the basics that we are all missing? You know what I mean? You talked about that for a second, but what does clean eating actually mean? It means eating from the ground, in my personal opinion. So whole food, plant-based diet. It, like, simple as that. <sighs> so that means I can't eat myself a chicken? Well, you know, so you can. Okay, so here's what I'll tell you about chicken. If you can get yourself a source of chicken that is hormone-free and antibiotic-free and free-range, you're going to pay through the nose for it. But yeah. yes, eat that chicken. Right. Everybody needs to get their amino acids from various sources because our bodies metabolize amino acids so differently. So for me personally, I can't eat meat and have my body feeling good. Some people they can like you've got these big bodybuilders. They need to eat that chicken, which is great. You know what? Your body works best off of eating chicken and eating meat, lean meats, then then go for it. But you can't be putting antibiotics and hormones in your body because then you're messing up with your endocrine system. And especially as a woman, you do not want to be messing with your that's your hormones, girls. Like your like that's your hormones. You mess with your hormones and you get adrenal problems and thyroid problems. You're always going to be tired. You're going to have chronic fatigue. Your digestive system isn't going to be working. You're going to have brain fog. Like, and then you're going to be fibroids. Oh my goodness. Things so that, many like, people I know so, are dealing with that like, right okay, now. And here's the thing. So with fibroids, it's like your complete hormone imbalance and, and you get these growths that start to grow inside of you because of the hormone imbalance. And it's not even necessarily on your girly parts. No, you know, and it's and why do you think there is such an incidence of breast cancer, you know, in in women and ovarian cancer and then testicular cancer, prostate cancer in men? Because our endocrine systems are being messed with because we're being exposed to so many hormones that are coming into our body. Or what about the things that are not even food related, like completely plastics, various chemicals found in our in our shampoos, in our deodorants, in our body creams, in our shaving gels. Plastic terrifies me. Right? Terrifies me. I just recently convinced my co-host here at the radio station to stop drinking bottled water. Right? It took three years. Honestly, like plastic is the, the, the new devil. And the chemicals that are, are being put into our environment, into our air, into our water, into our bodies are messing with our endocrine system. So there's the chemicals in these plastics that mimic estrogen, and estrogen is one of the lady hormones, right? right. That's the stuff that makes you crazy. Right? And, <laughs> Tell me and, about it. I, I could do a podcast on that alone. Are you kidding? <laughs> I think we all could. I you think know? we did earlier. Maybe at the beginning of the show. Uh, but my, I get you. So you're saying that chicken could kill me is what we're basically talking about nah, here. You know what? I'm just saying that that chicken may have the ability over long-term exposure to cause some idiosyncrasies that may not necessarily make you feel good. Now, you're also talking about food that is very, very expensive. It's not realistic that we eating clean that way is so expensive. Go, I mean, getting produce costs a fortune. So you're talking about a, a, you're talking about a world where we would always buy organic, right? Uh, 
Optimally, yes. yes. And what about proteins? What kind of proteins would you go with? Because I, I'm embarrassed at how little I know about uh, this, despite the fact that I've been on a diet for 35 years. So I should know more, but I don't. <laughs> Do you encourage like farm shares and whatnot? Because it's cheaper that way, right? Yeah, you know, and also in season, going directly to the farmers and and buying direct from them. Um, Farmers markets are also really good. Yes, it's expensive in the wintertime. I'm not going to lie. What I try and do is if I can't get something organic, I at least try and make it come from Ontario or the U.S. at the, you know, Mexico, though, they they use a lot of chemicals. And um, I personally am very weary about any food coming from Mexico, especially thin-skinned produce, because it absorbs the chemicals um, more than, let's say, an avocado or a banana or a pineapple. Um, very thick skin, so it can't penetrate the additional chemicals. But that's just for me. Not everybody might feel that way. Right. The Mexican produce is extremely cheap. So if you at least want to just be able to substitute like some broccoli for, for a hot dog, right? You want to take hot dogs out of your life and have some broccoli just to try and make a healthy choice. You know what? Go ahead. And if, and if the Mexican is all you can afford, that's fine. Because that broccoli at the end of the day is going to provide you more value than that hot dog would. Simple as that. Inorganic or organic. You know what I mean? What are your dirty foods? The the dirty produce you would never buy non-organic? Uh, so eggplant, tomatoes, cucumbers, potatoes, um, bell peppers, anything that has like a very thin skin. Because that is very easy for chemicals to leach into those into those foods, herbicides and pesticides. Okay, so everything that's in my CRISPR right now. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) she's not telling you you're doing it wrong. She's just making slight changes. Yeah, and honestly, you got to baby step your way through it. You know, like I said, if it if it's the difference between eating a bagel or eating, you know, a a, a mushroom, like eat the Mm. mushroom. It doesn't matter if it's organic or not. The health benefits are more. Yeah. tremendously higher do you see a benefit in eating two season like i I have a lot of hipstery friends that (laughs) they eat the food that's in season when it's in season and they never step outside of that they're very like um i don't see anything wrong with that i that's personally not what i what i do but i mean i would not i would not discredit that i think it's great to be able to eat what's in season because it helps you uh economically um, of course, and some people, that's the, the idea. I guess ecologically as well, because you're not that, shipping. That too, that too. Um, but, you know, for me, because I get my flavors from such a diverse range of foods, I tend to find that I'm just buying whatever I feel like putting into my fridge. And when I get home, I iron chef stuff. So I never use recipes. I would end up creating the recipes. I look and see what I have in my fridge, and I make a meal based on what's there. And it's really like the only flavors that I ultimately use would be things like um, lemongrass, rosemary, garlic, ginger, um, turmeric, uh, mint, oregano, basil. Um, I have a windowsill and I grow my herbs in the windowsill. If you have something like that, it's a very economical way of growing your own organic herbs indoor and when you have various flavors to choose from it's so much fun to just cook at home and experiment on your own and you don't need a lot to do it maybe a bunch of kale a a clove of garlic a tomato you know and and some quinoa and you can make yourself a delicious meal 
that is going to be giving you health benefits. It's going to satiate you. It's going to provide you with amino acids, which are protein from plant-based sources, bioavailable. The nutrients are going to digest far faster, cause less disorders in the digestive tract because it's easier for the body to break down. Now, going plant-based, it's important to do a lot of research to figure out how you're going to make sure you get all of those micronutrients. Of course, follow Coach Papaya on Instagram. She's got lots of information. But what's your major resource? Like, how do you make sure you get everything? I make sure that I buy everything that I possibly can to encompass all of the amino acids that my body would require. And we're talking there is not one plant-based food, vegetable that I wouldn't incorporate into my diet if it meant that it's going to provide me nutrients. But when you're thinking about protein, this is for the, this is a slippery slope sometimes for vegetarians and vegans because they turn to grains and beans and legumes for their protein source, which is amino acids, right? But like mm-hmm. When we say protein, we're really talking about amino acids, which are building blocks to protein. So it's really important that they understand that they can't just eat these grains and eat these beans out of a a can or as is. They have to do a little bit further research and education to understand that beans and grains contain compounds called phytates, pH for phytates. And these are anti-nutrients. And these are like little chemical compounds that ultimately can block absorption of things like iron and calcium. So in order for you to get your, your amino acid source from these things, you have to soak them first. It's part of the sprouting process to remove as many phytates as possible. So if you're doing that to your grains and your beans before you eat them, that is my number one recommended protein source for anybody that is a vegetarian or a vegan. I would, I would recommend, me personally, my research has come up with soy not being um, a viable protein resource on the regular for either male or female. Um, too much estrogen? There's just, yeah, too many plant compounds that mimic estrogen and that essentially bring down like progesterone. And when, when, you, when you have that imbalance in a female, that's when things just go squirrely, right? So, if, <laughs> Sandra, that's you. That's, that's, yeah, so, so stay away I'm from already, that tofu, I'm in girl. the corner rocking already, girls, please. Um, <laughs> this is my life. This is very detailed. We're getting and, right and, into and, it. But here's the thing. This is, you know what I found? And so this was sad for me is when I realized that soybeans ultimately were not something that was right for, I thought, my body, I was so sad when I had to quit edamames. Aww. And I really, really, really love um, tempeh. Yeah. Well, so, okay. So here's, here's the gray area with tempeh. It's fermented. Okay. And sometimes sprouted. And sometimes sprouted depending on the source. (laughs) Right. So uh, like... That would be a cheat meal in, <laughs> in my world, right? But I, I'm not, I'm not poo-pooing on that. Nope. I mean, I wouldn't have it every single day. But if I, if I needed uh, like a quick protein source and maybe vegetables at the time were not an option. Sandra, do you know what tempeh is? No, I'm listening to you trying to. <laughs> I'm, I'm, when you said that that would be like a cheat for you, and I'm thinking to myself, well, it was a drumstick for me this weekend. <laughs> 
like an ice cream drumstick or a chicken. <laughs> like, She's no, ice no, cream like all the way. Ice cream drumstick. Sure. And from from first lick to last lick, there was shame involved. <laughs> okay, describe tempeh to me. Uh, you can go. It's just like a fermented soybean patty product. Type and, and you can have it flavored to make it kind of taste like a beef jerky, but like a... Or you can make it like a smoky... Smoky kind of, like a, it's meaty in a sense, or like a smoky cheese. Like it would have that you substitution. You like basically marinate it in whatever you want. Yeah, and you can warm it. You can eat it cold. You can just snack you on it. it. You, you, could, you, you could even like dehydrate it to a form when it's kind of like a, a beef jerky, but like mm-hmm. the, the vegan. Form, kind well, of. it like still it. sounds disgusting. <laughs> I, was a, I was a fervent vegetarian for several years, but not anymore. <laughs> Maya, would you recommend any kind? I mean, for, for I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed at how uneducated I am just listening to this conversation unfold um, because Oprah never said anything about this, so I don't understand. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I follow the Church of Oprah, um, but honestly, if there is there one sort of go to book besides following you on Instagram at Coach Papaya that you would recommend one sort of a great Bible book for clean eating? Bible? I don't, I don't know if I would be able to recommend a Bible for clean eating. Um, I, I would say that um, uh, Grain Brain um, is, is a good book. And um, The Wheat Belly, that, that struck me quite a few years ago. Yeah, I read um, that and book. And then Dr. William Davis has one called Undoctored. And he's an MD, and in this book, he really shares with you and opens up your eyes as to how you can best equip yourself in a world where all we have to turn to is Western medicine. And he, as a doctor, will lead you on a path that is not Western medicine, but he shows you like both abstract. And I love that because one of my closest friends here in London, she's a uh, an MD, but she also has a I guess she furthered her education in homeopathic medicine. So it's like a bit of both. So she does uh, disease through nutrition first, but also with medication, which is I think that's awesome to, to be educated in both because see, here's the deal. Doctors today do not get prescribed from the government um, any extra education in holistic type nutrition. I think it was something like seven hours every year doctors, MDs have to have nutritional training. Well, we've all seen the food guide. It's irrelevant. It's Yeah, it's completely. Well, that's there's a few documentaries that people should, you know, kind of expose themselves to to learn a little bit more all on Netflix um, but if, okay, this is all very complicated. We've gone into details, but for some, like the average person who is going to listen to this podcast, who may not be on the up and up with nutritional information, who might be thinking they want to make a slight change, one small change, what would that change? What would that suggestion be for oh, you? Oh, gosh. It, so for me personally, I never just give one change because you have to get your gut healthy first. And by getting your gut healthy, you have to remove things like um, refined foods, processed types of sugar, um, and and also the, the oils that are like the omega-6s. 
These are your vegetable oils. These are your canola oils. These cause inflammation. And I would say you have to like remove every single food which would contain high levels of the omega-6 because it's throwing off your fatty acid chain. So you're saying in order to really see a difference, you need to go on a cleanse. It's it's yeah, like you, you cleanse and then you need to just like negate certain foods and then see how your body works. And it's trial and, and error at that point. To, well, yeah, because everybody's body is different. Of course. Like like I'm like I'm saying is a general blanket. You need to get your gut healthy first. So you need to get on a probiotic, eat fermented foods, and you need to get your microbiome balanced because this What's is What's a microbiome? It's it's your gut. It's your okay. gut. It's your gut health. It's your flora. Your your so in your gut you have healthy bacteria and you have bad bacteria. And you you need a balance of both types of bacteria, but obviously you need to have the good bacteria fed in order to help battle the bad bacteria. Now when you uh, take things like prescription medication, antibiotics, when you're drinking like your local tap water and if there's somehow antibiotics leached into that water and you're drinking it, you're exposing your gut to these microbes that are now killing like not only bad bacteria, but good bacteria. And it's faster and easier for bad bacteria to grow in your gut than it is for good bacteria. So when you have a gut that's full of bad bacteria, it causes you everything from inflammation to chronic disorders to autoimmune, different diseases, anything from head to toe. It all depends on the individual body and how that works in the body. Now, when you take that unbalanced gut and you're putting a bunch of foods that causes inflammation and these vegetable type oils contain omega-6 and if you have way too much of them and you're you're imbalancing your omega-3s and your omega-9s, now your whole body is inflamed. So you have a gut that doesn't work properly. You have inflammation in your body. Your body is shutting down. Like that's... Her arms are going. She's passionate. (laughs) She's basically giving a presidential address right now. Okay. Well, it's a starting point anyway. Get rid of the oils. I, 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 I feel like I can see your passion but it's so overwhelming because it's so much to ask. And I know, right? But that's what it is about being a dietary interventionist is I will flip your life upside down in a sense. And not a lot of people can handle that. So, you know, but it's an option. At least it's an option. But honestly, if, if you follow me on Instagram at Coach Papaya, every single <laughs> post is a valuable nugget of information that if nothing else, you are learning something. You are taking value from your day just by reading the posts and learning something new about an herb, a spice, a vegetable, showing you how to incorporate different food stuff that you might not know about into your diet just based on, on the pictures and the posts. So if I can add just a little nugget of value to everyone's day, I feel like my job has been done for the day. I can hang my hat up at home and, and go to sleep and, and rest my head on my pillow and fall asleep with a, a smile on my face. Well, you've done that for me in the last hour. I mean, I, it's a starting point, right? At least I'm scared of chickens now. So that's something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally kidding. <laughs> Coach Papaya, I can't thank uh, you, you know enough. What? I have to say one thing, and I, I, I am only teasing you because you're so passionate and you're sweet and you're fun and I know you're going to be fine. It's hard to take you seriously, but you've got your juice all on your <laughs> upper lip. <laughs> It's the new milk mustache, you know, because yeah, I don't, I don't do like, dairy either. It's a cinnamon mustache. <laughs> 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 
I love you, Maya. <laughs> I wish you would have taken a picture of that. Oh. <laughs> I love you too, Sandra. You have a wonderful day, my dear. You too. And don't forget to follow The Quick and the Dirty on social. Instagram, at Hillary on air, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. Twitter, at Hillary Welch, at Sandra Kiss 105.3. And Facebook, at Quick and Dirty Podcast. If you got a question for us, you can email us at thequickandthedirty at gmail.com.